0: And welcome to yet another episode of Lines of Led by Donkeys podcast. Uh, the the only podcast where you might get a hint of my co-host spitting tobacco spit into, into a, a pop can. Nick, what's up? Yeah,
1: that's me.
0: Did I guess correctly? Are you using a can? Uh, no, I'm using a beer bottle from last night. God damn it. I thought I heard the acoustics. Like, that's metal. See, I'm not so good at this.
1: I mean... Your ears are fucked. That's
0: true. I'm not going to argue that. Um, this is like the earliest we've ever recorded. And both of us have are, are like still half asleep because of time changes. Oh, yeah. Like your your time just jumped back, right? From where I was at? Yeah. Well, not from like Washington to Texas, but like we just had the... You lost uh, an hour or whatever. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we don't have that in Hawaii. Our Those time damn just farmers. Our, our time just stays constant. Uh, I ran into this problem because I record with Francis and Shocks for uh various things. And their time all changed and it was already like four hours behind mine, and then my time didn't. And so like I was at the like the gas station buying an energy drink. I just get a message like, hey, ready to record? And I had no idea that the time changed. I completely <laughs> forgot. So I had to like put everything back, jump in my car, and race home. <laughs> <laughs> like the one time I leave my house during the day in between podcasting and like studying for school is the time that i miss work (laughs) the one hour that i had to record i had to skip
1: on my weekly dose of sun rays
0: uh is it still like bitterly cold in texas Mm -mm, mm -mm. it's
1: actually very nice Mm. except for the you know
0: texas part (laughs) It's Joey gets best, which is, you know, D average, maybe. Yeah. I would say that. That's a good average to have. Ds get degrees. Or Mm -hmm. in Texas, Ds get, I don't know, trying to come up with a a, a snow based pun based on what just happened, but it's escaping me. Ds get downed power lines. I'm sorry, Texas. (sighs) Um, I love you. Uh, Now, Nick, we've been doing this show for a very long time. Three years almost at this point. Um, Nice. And we haven't ran out of anything. Oh, we will never run out of anything. Because if there's one thing that humans are constantly good at, it's killing each other, while also being simultaneously kind of bad at killing each other. Uh, Like, you know, we have covered uh, wars that involved like spears and swords all the way until nuclear weapons, right? And there's one constant, and that is as good as science gets and there's like nothing that makes humanity jump forward in science more than like trying to come up with better and more like efficient ways to murdering one another. But then they simultaneously find cartoonish ways to fuck that up. Um, is this a cartoonish episode? It is, but for a different reason. Um, uh-huh. Every once in a while on the show, we talk about people that are just like larger than life. Um, you know, like heroes, And and we don't use that term on the show because like people really can't be heroes. I mean, look at the title, right? Um, But like people who like you could honestly just make an action movie about their life. Um, Yeah, like Tom Cruise. This guy. So we're gonna. He's like this is like Leo major territory. Um, Actually, this is like if Leo Major and Bill Millen. We're going top shelf. Yeah, we're definitely going top shelf, and this one's been requested a lot and i was doing other things uh working on different series and i had like eight people at once request this so i d- sat down and did it uh so every once in a while i do listen to your requests okay i'm doing my best um
1: uh also thought i'd point it out newest stripper back at lewis named top shelf super cool we used to talk about baseball all the time
0: i'm gonna go on a limb and say top shelf was not her real name <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, absolutely not. But my friends dragged me to this the place, and then we just, I just talked to strippers about baseball <laughs> to get them to get away from me.
0: That's one, that's certainly one way to spend money badly. Um, I mean, except for her; she st- stuck around and was talking about baseball with me. So solid, uh, top shelf. If you are listening, <laughs> um, yeah, like every once in a while, we we talk about a guy like their life. Is like it could be a segment in a Call of Duty game, right? Like, and huh? Really? Yeah. Like Bill Millen, uh, uh, uh Leo Major, uh, Byerly. Uh, there are a couple people in some uh, some of the series, mostly is when they when they fall into. But like, dudes that like when you hear about what they did during their war, um, mm. it's almost like okay, some of this has to be made up. Like nobody's this over the top. And today's guy is a bit of both and that is Mad Jack Churchill.
1: Why does that sound familiar?
0: You will immediately remember who I'm talking about when I start describing him. Um Okay. Mad Jack Churchill, uh, born John Malcolm Thorpe Fleming Churchill because he's British. <laughs> um is a gut? It's a very British yeah. name. Uh he only gets more British. This is the most British man to ever exist. Um Okay. And he's a guy that exists in listicles, right? Like, it's one of those guys like, this guy did this crazy thing. He's the last person to do blank, I don't want to ruin it, at at war. And so, like, people kind of gravitate towards that. Um, Mm -hmm. And and admittedly, I do, too. Because, like, that's why we fucking started the show. (laughs) Um, And... I have never found a guy that more embodies the saying "dudes rock" than Jack Motherfucking Churchill. <laughs> um, and like, I, you do have to like, <laughs> you do have to look past old timey racism. I'm not asking you to do that, but this is a British man in the 40s. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I mean, it's implied, and you also have to overlook the fact that John Malcolm Thorpe Fleming Churchill is like a, a is like a white guy anime energy attack type ass name. Like it's just overlong You we, we know pop- the territory we're yeah. in. And he was he was born September 16th of 1906. Uh, and this is where the history Good year. It, it, it could be worse. Um, he could have been born too late to take part in his favorite war. <laughs> um now there's a lot of conflicting history about him. Um so I'll do my best to either tell you what both sources say or try to figure out what I think the truth is. And I hope at some point someone's like, no, Joe, you're wrong. Uh, Which is fine. It's fine. I don't care. Please correct me. That's what research is. Um, So one source says he was born in Colombo, Ceylon, which is modern day Sri Lanka. And another says that he was born in Hong Kong, which was then uh, both of these were British territories at the time. Okay. some say he moved to Hong Kong when he was ten years old, and other people say it was the other way around. He moved to Sri Lanka. Uh, military brat? Yes. No. Uh, no. He mm. was. Uh, his dad was civil service, um, oh, okay. which, like you know, British imperial civil service, um, doing I don't know the paperwork of empire, the most boring, overpowered bureaucrat on earth. <laughs> and it, it's like a super uh. successful job like it's like it's one of those jobs and he didn't work for like the British East India Company or anything well, what was his bureaucratic yeah. number I don't know but he probably had one like I, I assume that the soulless dead-eyed imperial worker drones that kept up the British Empire looks a lot like that episode of Futurama just without the flying desks
1: I want to see a flying desk
0: <laughs> Uh, his youth, uh, Churchill's youth abroad, is kind of a blur. Um, like I said, we do know his dad worked for the Hong Kong Civil Service. And you can assume that meant that he grew up in something of a life of comfort. Uh, the only real information I could find is that he was just kind of a, an eccentric youth. Uh, Something that would almost certainly be given uh, an ADD or ADHD diagnosis in modern day. Uh, he rarely focused on school and just continue to... Same. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Uh, would run out into town, uh, trying to go on adventures. He liked exploring. Like, his entire life, he, he wanted to be an adventurer. Um, he didn't care exactly what it was. He enjoyed doing new things. And a lot of those new things involved him getting in trouble.
1: Okay. Which I can identify with. <laughs> I can get down with this guy. Yeah. Already liking this. This is a good episode
0: and This is why the next thing he did is like what most of us did At least the two hosts of this show Uh and he joined the military Um though Dumbass Owned yeah uh <laughs> Though because he was a rich guy he did the normal Officer thing and went to the royal military Academy at Sandhurst in 1926 See we didn't do that He definitely uh would not graduate From Sandhurst <laughs> Like imagine like Giddigen because I I, th- I assume Sandhurst is a lot like West Point where uh, amongst the upper crust of society, every once in a while they let normal people in, and like Sandhurst is like where royal family and shit go. I I believe I'm sure Nate could interject here and be like, actually they just give them break, which sure. <laughs> um, I know the whatever the royal I think is Harry or whatever actually had like. A normal grunt officer job for quite some time and i think he went to sandhurst but like imagine just like you like sergeant nick sitting down right. across from like the fucking prince <laughs> like so uh you do anything you can use that spit bottle <laughs> can i get that uh coke bottle so i could spit dip in it yeah got any porn Um, Actually I'm going to go on a limb here and say You do not want to take any porn A member of the royal family gives you It's probably illegal Oh god it's probably awful (laughs) Now uh, yeah, He did fine in Sandhurst Uh, He wasn't like the top of his class type graduate Which sure uh, but Churchill wanted to continue his explorations and his dad wasn't going to put up with his shit forever. So he assumed the best way to continue doing that was get a commission. And what a lot of these guys would do is end up in India, Burma, Sri Lanka, wherever, somewhere in the far flung British Empire, just away from the British Isles, which like, I truly believe that's why the British Empire became so large is because the British Isles suck so much. That people just wanted oh. to get as far away from them as possible. And they're like, nope, Africa isn't far enough. We have to keep going.
1: People were just trying to get rid of their kids. They're like, oh, we need a bigger empire here. It, 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 this, isn't, the, this isn't coming. The
0: empire is latchkey for fail sons. Um, So he graduated when he was 20 years old and was immediately sent off to Burma, which is modern day Myanmar. Also, sometimes modern-day Burma, depending on what you read. Uh, for people who are unaware, this is also known as the place that Rambo single-handedly freed them in the span of a single movie. Uh, we did mm-hmm. a bonus episode about that. When the more I still identify it as Burma.
1: I didn't know about the other name, to be
0: honest. Uh, Burma is... Someone's going to correct me on this. My understanding is Burma was the colonial name. When it gained independence, it was switched to Myanmar. Ah, um, okay. And some of that is drenched in uh, the military dictatorship wanting to put their stamp on things. It's complicated. I don't know a lot about Myanmar. Uh, I just know that fuck the people currently shooting protesters in Myanmar. Uh, This podcast is now banned in Myanmar. (laughs) Uh, So... He got sent there and, uh, you know, once in uniform and sent abroad, Churchill had little intention of actually being a soldier. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I can respect nice. deeply. Uh, there was a very, he did uh, serve very briefly and was known as a Burma rebellion, uh, but didn't see any leadership or combat. He kind of, like, the whole thing was kind of over before he could do anything. And he seemed like, you know, We've we've talked about this before, like the gentleman adventure, where like back in the day, where war was just thought of as like a gentlemanly, adventurous thing to do. That mm, really yes. seemed like what he wanted to do. He felt like war would be like this lark. Like a, to be fair, a lot of people thought that before World War One, and then World War One happened and shook that up for a lot of people. But he missed that. You see, uh, he didn't like watch his friends get churned into mud in the trench. So he's still off trying to do his adventure thing uh that also may involve murdering people rich people are weird man uh, they really are can't identify yeah and he found peacetime the peacetime army incredibly boring so he began picking up random hobbies uh, so he learned how to shoot the longbow and play bagpipes because this man is a walking stereotype we talk about bagpipes again oh, yeah bagpipes Oh, God. If, if, if Jack Churchill is the star of this episode, his bagpipes, co-star.
1: <laughs> bagpipes,
0: awful. Just screaming bags of your own air. Yeah. Like, I I know they can be, you know, lovely if played correctly, I guess. But I've never heard it. And not in person, anyway. Um, I've been to more than one I've military funeral. And, you know, the bagpipes not add anything we're not scottish i don't know why it became a custom
1: i've heard uh bugles played live every day in japan
0: yeah and did they actually get that someone? was terrible was, in the was morning. it just some guy with a bugle that didn't know how to play so you just see gasping oh, for wh- for breath they, like
1: evening mute bugle time perfect Morning bugle time, it was like, brr, 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 like uh Fry trying to play in the holophone. So,
0: like, yeah, yeah it's the, it's the day shift strippers, but for, but for a horn. Like, it was we awful. Saved the and good they played ones it, for it in the, the U.S. Night. barracks. <laughs> they played it in the U.S. barracks,
1: and we didn't go off of their time. So, it was just, oh, my God. At that point,
0: they're just trolling you. Whoop. Oh, absolutely.
1: And they had an announcement for everything, and they are like, attention, attention. And then they would just go on for, like, Oh my
0: God. We taught him how to play bugle incorrectly as a joke. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And he, he, so this is a guy, we've talked about people like this before, is that they just don't pick up new hobbies. They just immediately excel at them. Like they're the guy that you hate. Like, you know, you Mm. introduce your friend to a hobby that you have and they just immediately become better than you at it. I fucking hate that. (laughs) Because I'm not good at a lot of things. I suck at most things.
1: things. Yeah. I tend to pick up a lot of things and I get okay at it. And then I introduce something to somebody and they're fucking immediately better than me. That's, that's Jack Churchill. Um,
0: he picked up pipes mm. and bow because... I'd have to cut his line when he here. <laughs> I'll stuff I'll stuff a cartoonishly large stick of dynamite into his bagpipes. Uh, <laughs> it, he, he learned these things because there's like officers, uh, uh, other officers that did them uh, in Burma and they taught him. And then he immediately became fucking experts at them. Uh, And this still wasn't good enough to keep his attention. So he ditched his daily duties and spent literally years touring Burma on a motorcycle. Um, Nice. Now, if you're not aware of Burma currently, it's a quite rural place with not a lot. It doesn't have a great road system outside like the major cities. And this is in the fucking 30s. (laughs) I'm
1: imagining uh, Tom Cruise uh, during Top Gun when he's driving,
0: when he's uh, riding his motorcycle. It always goes back to Tom Cruise. <laughs> we have did you join of the, Tom Cruise on did here. Did you join the Church of Scientology when I wasn't looking? Is that why you've been gone so no, long? We just You're on your senior soldier? We have a lot of Tom
1: Cruise on here. That's fair. We do. Can't
0: bring... Cannot bring him up. Yeah, and just. he keeps making movies where we eventually go back to the Tom Cruise well. It's unfortunate. He's like... I'm sure it'll come back He's up. just a shorter, angrier Mel Gibson. Uh in regards to our show, I don't mean to imply that Tom Cruise is anti-Semitic. He might be. I don't fucking know. Scientology is weird. Uh, this podcast is. is now banned in the Church of Scientology. Uh, I assume it already was. It probably is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, 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 there's not a lot of roads. Uh, and this is like before I don't know, motorcycle technology was particularly good. So it's kind of imp- impressive he managed to pull this off. For instance, between the cities of of Pune and Calcutta, he rode 1,500 miles on a motorcycle. Now, Nick... Would you do that on your bike? Absolutely not. I was just about to point this out. I I have a motorcycle, which without knowing what kind of motorcycle Churchill is using, I can say with certainty, mine is 100 times more reliable and comfortable. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: Yours is probably... A thousand times heavier. Uh, it
0: definitely is. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to ride it where he was riding for sure. But like, you know, I've done long rides. Um, like, uh, in in Washington, there's like the Anacortes uh, Oyster Run or whatever, which like goes, you know, to Anacortes it's in the title. But like, it's it's a it's not even a long ride. It's like two hours or whatever. But by the end, I'm like, I'm mm. fucking bored. My ass, <laughs> yeah, hurts. my ass hurts. I'm bored. My knees hurt. Are we there yet? I I, I just I'm just a whiny bitch. Which I'm sure you've picked up on, um, like
1: sitting on. I imagine his bike was like hit sitting on bleachers.
0: Oh yeah, like for hours. bleachers with like a thin pillow over the top, maybe. Oh. And with like no suspension, you know, uh, like you know, fucking twenty cc's of engine power or whatever. Um, and also one of these times he was like going down a trail, nearly got murdered by a water buffalo. I don't know a lot about water oh. buffaloes. I always assume they're pretty chill. I know, like, Cape buffaloes in Africa murder a ton of people a year, uh, every year, but I thought, like, water buffaloes were just chill. I'm, I'm, uh, I know they're the chill of the buffaloes. <laughs> you you ruined this buffalo's fucking nirvana. Now he's going to gut your ass with his weird looking <laughs> horns. I stand the water buffalo, honestly. That motherfucker didn't do anything wrong. He's a water buffalo. He yeah. didn't do water buffalo stuff. He didn't do water things. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of places where he rode, there's no roads at all, uh, but there was a railroad system put in place by colonial uh, Britain. So, like, he rode on the railroad tracks, wh- oh. which, again, incredibly uncomfortable, but also occasionally he'd have Whoa. to dodge oncoming trains. Like, what? Yeah, so like, oh, train's coming, and you <laughs> just have to like bunny hop your motorcycle all the way, or you die? Nah, nah, that's not something I would do. No, absolutely not. Uh, I wouldn't do that in a car. And cars are much more comfortable, even back then, but whatever. Um, so, even this, when he was apparently just allowed to give just years of leave to wander around Burma and the countries around I think it. That's called AWOL. I pl- if you're enlisted, yes. <laughs> uh Even this constrained his energy a bit too much. He he felt very constricted by the British military, and he got out in 1936. Uh, Though, according to his Mm. biographer, there was more to it than this. Uh, Jack Churchill began to show the eccentricities that would uh, kind of define his life after this and why people would know him. So he was bored. Um, And like any bored soldier, he starts doing dumb shit. Uh, so like, I told you that he learned bagpipes, and one of the things that he did is randomly showed up to a guardhouse at 3 a.m. and played bagpipes and, uh, f- until like he got bored and would just go away. I'd be so mad. Yeah, and like he's a, I think he was a captain or a lieutenant at the time. So like you know, and the British military is much more strict those days than anything that we're used to. So you can't just be like, hey, fuck off, lieutenant! I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> Uh, he also just didn't bother mm. to study for his promotion exam, so he just showed up and bombed it. Mm. I heard another story Regretable. that he, yeah, same. Uh, I heard another story that he studied for the wrong promotion exam, uh, which I both are funny. Uh, and he bombed it. So when he knew he wasn't going to get promoted, the little amount of fucks that he had to give quickly dried up. Uh, he started doing things that piss off other officers who, I mean, even you know, back then in comparison now, famously have sticks up their asses. And this is the British mm. military we're talking about. So this is like the 1% of stuck-up army officers that we're used to, right? right. Um, this including doing things like using an umbrella when it was raining out, which infuriated people. And, and we know a little bit about this. It's like using the hood on your wet weather gear. Drives yeah, people why? nuts for some reason.
1: For some reason, ever when I first went to my first duty station, the best duty station ever, um, it was ingrained not to use any of my cold weather or wet weather gear.
0: Yeah, or like your hands are cold, don't use your pockets.
1: Oh, I still use those bad Uh, boys,
0: fucking rebel. Um, And like he, it was cold one morning, so he had like a hot water bottle that he stored in like I believe it was like his chest pocket to keep his uh, him warm. Uh, And the people just consider these ungentlemanly because. he didn't want to get rained on or be cold.
1: <laughs> Makes sense. Like-
0: yeah, it's, uh, it's just an old-timey hand warmer, which, like, even the U.S. Army lets us use that yelling at us. Uh, at this point, his commanding officer said that maybe he should try doing something else with his life. So he did. Uh, and he moved to Nairobi, Kenya, which was also then under British control. Uh once there he became a journalist and a male model because fuck it, why not? Nice. Yeah, I don't know what male modeling looked like in the 1930s. I I imagine not good
1: cuz I I know they weren't like modeling underwear.
0: No, of course, that would, that would be very uh uh I don't know, body or whatever. Um I don't know, I just it, And the underwear
1: back then didn't look it, good. It just
0: like so. fucking wool pantaloons pulled up to your nipples yeah <laughs> i i assume it's just an endless amount of cigarette ads and like for like bourbon or whatever
1: like i yeah i can't even imagine uh because i own a pair of 40s underwear
0: why uh god
1: you you already know why I,
0: you know I, I get that you're an actor but did you have to wear period authentic underwear too
1: i just wanted to see but it felt like like <laughs> they were like giant trunks <laughs>
0: no support just made out of like the the, the cheapest wool possible it was literally
1: cotton Ugh. and like there was no stretch to it you're ripping it comfort hadn't been, exist- hadn't been invented yet actually no cause you'd wear that and then you'd wear long johns under and then you'd
0: wear wool over this sounds like something that people would do in gitmo to make them tell secrets oh god Are your balls <laughs> itch enough yet please quick quick oh. get his wool wet <laughs> I'll tell you anything. Just just let me scratch my balls. Uh after this, he uh, got he became a small time actor, uh getting roles in the movies Sabu Sabu. Um oh, yes. Sabu. A Yank at uh, He was an ECW. <laughs> yeah, he Jack Churchill became an Where's ECW my wrestler. He uh four time <laughs> hardcore anywhere champion.
1: Um uh, he, What do they call him? The elephant? Uh fuck, I can't remember his I don't name. not remember. His little nickname.
0: Uh he was also in A Yank at Oxford in The Thief of Baghdad. Now, I'm not familiar with any of these movies. They're all small parts, but the fact is, like, he's like, I'm going to be a journalist. I'm going to be a male model. I'm going to go be a movie star. It's like, man, fuck you. Save some, for some of the rest of us, you dickhead.
1: Yeah, and then there's that one guy that gets out with him, but he becomes like an author.
0: Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I can tell you from experience, that guy is significantly less good-looking.
1: Yeah, he didn't do any male modeling no, gigs. No,
0: good luck on his future hey, I model podcast, with my by the book?
1: way. No, no, we'd rather have this guy male model with your book.
0: Yeah, it's like Millie Vanilli, but for authors. Um, and the reason why he got these roles is not for his acting, it was because he looked really good, and all of these roles were based on the character being able to shoot. Are
1: you going to post a picture of this oh, guy? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, okay. I want to see what he looks. Um, honestly conventionally very normal looking um, uh, okay I guess the, f- the 30s standards were quite low um, and, and the reason was he could do his own stunts uh, with a bow and arrow all of the role like he got all of these roles based on being moderately good looking and be able to shoot a bow and arrow
1: I could play the bagpipes I can ride a motorcycle and I could shoot
0: a bow and arrow he's a triple threat baby uh, and like, like I said before he didn't just know how to shoot a bow he's very very good at it Uh, He wanted to represent Britain in the World Championship in Oslo, Norway, in 1939, where he got 26th place. Which I mean, he didn't, you know, podium, but like he he did it. He's certainly certainly better at shooting a bow than than me. (laughs) Oh, absolutely! I don't think I've ever touched one. Uh, I know I've touched one. I know. I also know I've never hit anything with it. Nice. Um, He also competed in a military piping competition at the Elder Shot Tattoo. Um, that competition would suck. It's the most annoying competition ever. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he it uh, was the only Englishman in a field of Scottish people because you know bagpipes are Scottish. Uh, and he placed second place, um, which oh, ended okay. up being a bit of a scandal, um, because you know an Englishman doing so well. Uh, but it was 1939 now, and it was, became clear to everybody, uh, at least anybody with a brain. Uh, that war was coming to Europe. And since that was something that Churchill always wanted, he quickly rejoined the British army. Okay. Um, but, you know, he assumed that immediately war was going to hit, but then we know now that what happened next was the Sitzkrieg Creek or the phony war. Uh, now for people unfamiliar with that, people expected much like, you know, world war one or whatever, that you know, once the UK and Germany declared war, it was going to be these massive armies moving against one another. Uh, but they accidentally found themselves in a period of relative calm on land while naval warfare was going on. Uh, but Germany had invaded Poland with the help of the Soviets, and the Soviets were getting smacked around by the Finns. But on the Western Front, where people are expecting, you know, World War One, you know, redux, not quite what World War Two would turn into, obviously, because the French were not expecting a mobility war. Uh, hmm. but spoiler alert. Um, yeah. Nothing was actually really happening. Everybody's defense, uh, like the, the UK and the French defense were all based on static defensive lines. They were not planning on a drive into Germany at all. Some argument to say that if they did, they could have ended the war within a year because the Germans were also not ready for war on the West. Uh, but you know, Could have happened. Uh, The UK and France had declared war on Germany due to their agreement with Poland, but then lacked the ability or will to do anything about it, while the Franco-German border was so fortified, it looked vaguely like the Korean DMZ. So everybody just kind of sat around it for a while. But Churchill was trying to find a goddamn war to fight in, so he volunteered to go uh, join a group of soldiers that were planning to be sent to aid Finland, uh, because the UK and the Soviets were not allies yet. Um which was then called off. Uh, this plan was uh, with the hel- was made with the help of a guy named Mike Culvert, who also is, has a weird life of his own, uh, who had a tendency to run headlong into battle in front of his men, earning him the nickname Mad Mike. Uh, I don't know about you, but if I was a soldier and the two guys in charge of me were both called Mad, I, mm. I would be a little worried yeah. about my safety. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, granted, uh, Churchill had not earned that nickname yet. he would um right eventually the phony war would become real sending British and French armies into a fighting retreat towards Dunkirk it's at this point that Churchill was an infantry commander where he was he didn't technically start off an infantry commander he just kind of took over uh he was in Dunkirk what uh where he quickly got a reputation for leading his men from the front and refusing to withdraw from battle even when ordered to or when it made sense (laughs) Just by himself, sometimes, yeah. But <laughs> like, you guys could go back. I'm staying. Um, now, one of the things that he really liked was irregular warfare. He loved to raid behind enemy lines. So, like, even when he did order a withdraw, his men would withdraw, and he'd take, you know, handpick a few that were that he thought were the best, and then he'd start raiding behind enemy lines, um, armed with a Scottish claymore. Oh, why? What? (laughs) Uh, For people who are unaware, a Scottish Claymore is fucking huge.
1: Yeah, it's a fucking, like, seven-foot sword. it
0: can be seven feet. His was four and a half.
1: Oh, okay. On the small side. (laughs) Uh,
0: But he was not only armed with a giant fucking William Wallace sword. He was also armed with a longbow and wearing a kilt. What? Yep. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> this man is not Scottish, by the way. <laughs> he had an identity crisis. When asked, uh, uh, someone eventually asked, him, "Why the fuck are you carrying a giant sword uh, into battle?" He said, "Quote: Any officer who goes into action without his sword is improperly dressed."
1: I think he has personality disorder Wait, or something.
0: He's er, cer- something certainly cooking wrong up in his in his old brain pan. Uh, <laughs> And I do have...
1: Uh, excuse me, sir. What's going on? Don't you mean William? Oh, he thinks he's William Wallace today. I
0: do have to point out that people uh, said that he would, like, mutter war cries, which I assume is just <laughs> blood-curdling screams while swinging a claymore at people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I, and like, saying that an officer that goes into battle that a sort of improperly dressed, again, most British thing ever. Fair. I'm surprised he's not carrying, like... A rapier or something, rather than a claymore, like and just trying to fence people that he finds along the way. That would be amazing.
1: Now he threw a, he threw another one at them. All right, no, pull up your guard. Oh, it's
0: just the German with a gun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just confused.
0: Uh, man, German dueling uh, is so weird. Uh, like, obviously, fencing is super popular. Um, I believe that they're like the Prussian dueling clubs where men. Duel each other with sharpened swords, and it's considered ungentlemanly to dodge it. So you just take a sword in the face. What? Yeah. Why? Um, and like having the sword, the scars from the uh, from the swords is considered like a mark of manliness. Well, it's wild I shit and that continues to this day. Then actually the Nazis tried to get rid of it cuz even they were like this is really stupid. That's kind of hardcore. <laughs> like you guys are blinding and cutting off each other's noses like this is detrimental to our superman thing. So like could you stop <laughs> yeah. carving each other up with swords? But it continues to this day. Um but this is the
1: Now I know one time we wanted to do kendo. Now would you do that?
0: uh i would not because i'm ugly enough i don't need a a a sword scar um
1: your nose would be a big target
0: yeah and it's already kind of crooked so like hopefully it's crooked enough to dodge sword blades (laughs) yeah um so this is the part of the story i do kind of have to break people's hearts maybe so the story of Jack Churchill is pretty well known. And like I said, it's developed something of its own mythos. And those mythos have then kind of developed legs and they've been running across the internet ever since. Uh, around 84 miles north of Leon, um, Churchill, Churchill learned that an advancing unit of Germans had decided to lay an ambush for them. And I guess this is where Churchill's like, you can't ambush me. I ambush you and send an ambush for them. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um the old
1: razzle-dazzle.
0: Yeah. Uh, so when the Germans were advancing, he singled an a- signaled the ambush by uh, firing an arrow into the chest of the first German soldier, killing him. Could you imagine how confused the other German soldiers were? <laughs> he just fell over. There's no sound at all. Um, There's a stick inside him. I used him. to be a Nazi like you until I took an arrow in the knee. Uh <laughs> And this is supposedly nets Churchill, the only known longbow and last longbow kill of of modern war. Um, Here's the problem. Can you imagine if he missed? He's like, oh, oh, one second. Well, the problem is it probably never happened. Um, And the reason for this is Churchill himself has never spoken about it and said that, in fact, it couldn't have happened. Mm. Um, According to historian James Owen in his book Commando, Winning World War II Behind Enemy Lines... Hell of a title. Maybe edit that one down next time, James. Um, Churchill said at this point in the war he no longer had his bow because a truck had Mm -hmm. run it over while it was packed into his rucksack, breaking it. And he would not get a new one until he was evacuated back to Britain a few weeks later. Uh, Where do you go to just buy one? I don't know. It's a long bow. I know Sometimes
1: at some malls, they got like the sword guy (laughs) in the sword store. And you can go to him, but I don't think they had that back then. I
0: think maybe, like, I don't know. uh, Nate has told me there's American specialty stores in the UK where you go to get, like, I don't know, fucking Cheese Whiz and really gross food. Really? Yeah, yeah, those stores totally exist. Maybe there's... Oh, they got, like, fucking Scrapple over there? I think it's just, like, Hamburger Helper and other things that make your heart explode. Um, maybe there's also just like a British specialty store when you need things that are just so British you can't get them anywhere else. Mm, knight's armor, yeah, a fucking longbow. I don't know. Um, yeah. So like he would uh, he'd go back to Britain and get another one. Instead, he said he singled the start of the ambush by drawing his giant fucking anime sword and rushing at the German patrol instead. Uh which mm. you know again screaming the whole way.
1: That's also same thing, same scenario. Imagine how confused Sasha's is. Yeah, were.
0: screaming. This guy has to be just filthy because he's been d- fighting, you know, uh, if the evacuation all the way back to Dunkirk for weeks at this point. Uh, wearing a kilt uh, <laughs> with a fucking. No skirt. underwear. You already know it. I hope not. Um, and, like, you know, a sword that is a foot shorter than him. And just like just bellowing random shit as he as he charges, well everybody else is shooting them, mind you. And I do have to point out that he does carry guns. He just doesn't use them. Mm, yes. like, he carries, I, I believe, like an M2 carbine most of the time that he that he got from some American somewhere. But uh, yeah. Now, this tale of him killing someone with a longbow has spread through dozens of different publications to the point it just become accepted fact. This includes shit rags like Coffee or Die to Vice, uh, and has even been noted in um, actual, like, historical journals, mostly citing other historical journal. It's one of those things that just it, it exists. Um, now, everything I've ever seen regarding this has been a secondhand account of it occurring, rather than Churchill uh, himself okay. talking about it. And I do have to say, as much as Churchill's a fun character, he loved him some Jack Churchill. And if he killed a fucking guy with a oh. bow, he would have said it. Did you talk in the third person? I don't think so. Um, That'd have been amazing. He he was especially when it came to his wartime service. He was very fond of talking about what he did. So uh,
1: Mad Jack did this, and uh...
0: he separates his persona so he doesn't have to confront all of the nightmares.
1: <laughs> oh, he uh, said <laughs> he's turned that dark.
0: I mean that this man had—I don't think he ever killed anybody with his sword, but like he probably tried. He really wished he could. You know, he wanted to. I have—I have no doubt. Oh, absolutely, that he wanted to kill someone more with a sword than he did a bow. Um, but. I have no doubt Because claymores are heavy They're they're heavy as fuck They're supposed to I'm pretty sure They're really heavy So they can cut through armor But I'm not sure I'm not a sword guy
1: I'm not much of a sword guy either
0: Uh, I I have no doubt That if Jack Churchill Killed a Nazi With a bow and arrow That's all he would ever Talk about for the rest of his life Should have carried a katana (laughs) Those are sweet (laughs) He's he's the mall katana guy (laughs) Uh, I'm not saying I, I don't believe it I'm saying I From what I've seen I don't believe it Uh Okay, well if someone can uh, I'm gonna go ahead and believe it because it sounds sweet. I absolutely wanna believe it. That's like one of the bad parts of being the guy who researches this stuff is like, oh exactly. I wanted to talk about Sucks how he killed a Nazi with a bow.
1: <laughs> Cause
0: like that's one of the things I went into knowing about Jack Churchill is like he had a sword and he killed a Nazi with a bow. And it turns out only fifty percent of those things are true. Um I mean at least we get something out yeah, of it. Yeah, and like I don't want to take anything away from anything else that he does. It's just like, it seems that this did not happen. I'll say mm. undecided. Uh, if anybody has firsthand accounts or Jack Churchill talking about it, I would fucking love to see them because I'd be really excited to talk about how Franz got his fucking lungs ventilated with a goddamn arrow. Yeah, if you somehow have
1: like Jack Churchill tapes, <laughs> somehow... Go ahead and send money.
0: This is a film, but it's a Nazi getting shot with a bow <laughs> yeah. and arrow. Back and to the Multiple left. Multiple times. Back and yeah. to the left.
1: <laughs> Back and to the left.
0: <laughs> there is another guy with a bow Just... and arrow on the grassy knoll. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, now, <laughs> this was Jack's first real campaign commanding soldiers, and he actually did not like it. And it's not for the reason that you think. You know, all of the death uh, and suffering... Right. He thought that all soldiers should be as insanely fearless and brave as he was. Uh Absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. Uh one person <laughs> said that Churchill never fully understood the common soldiers' desire to simply survive and live another day. <laughs> rather rather than I don't know, charging like a fucking maniac at a group of soldiers while wielding a fucking claymore. All of you guys should do this. I don't understand. Are you sleeping? What? We sleep? You should be practicing your bagpipes. <laughs> and it's like the Scottish Hagakure. We must play bagpipes. Uh, now, uh, uh, eventually, Churchill would be evacuated along with everybody else from Dunkirk. Um, his first campaign. What, do you think he was like drag kicking, and screaming? I want to stay. Probably. <gasps> you know, some of the things that he would say at the end of the war, which we'll get to, uh, leads me to believe that he thought the evacuation of Dunkirk was a bad idea. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> just the annihilation
1: of that old army. Yeah. Uh,
0: now, this campaign would cost him a unfortunately crushed longbow and a partially shot-off ear while earning him a military cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, once back in Britain... Do you think he's more upset about the longbow or the ear? Probably the longbow. Absolutely. <laughs> I never heard him remark anything about his ear. Um, <laughs> Didn't need it. <laughs> got another one. That's why you have two ears, pussy. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Once back in Britain, he heard of another new kind of unit being stood up, the Commandos. Oh, I thought it was going
1: to be like Inglorious Bastards or something. It
0: kind of turns into that, minus the cartoonish assassination of Hitler, which would have been way cooler. Which,
1: yeah, that would have been great.
0: Details were pretty vague uh, for obvious reasons at the time, but they promised an aggressive service, something that Churchill had been looking for. As, remember, he was very disappointed at regular soldiers, and figure these new commando types might be up to his standards.
1: Maybe they all have claymores.
0: Everybody like goes to CAF and gets a bagpipe issued to them, a, a longbow, uh, a, a, a fucking claymore, and just a massive sling to carry your gigantic balls. Uh, now, to the surprise of absolutely nobody, Churchill fucking loved training to be a commando days and weeks out in the field, freezing and crawling through the mud while eating like shit was something he'd been searching for his entire life. Um, that's the guy I don't want to hang out with. He's a guy I want to be in the same unit as, but not go hang out with him. Like his, this guy is very good at his job. He's just an unsufferable prick. Uh, if you watched, um, generation kill, he's Rudy. The guy who puts oh, on the okay. gas mask and bo- a battle battery and runs wind sprints around the fob. Everybody loves them, but they don't want to work out with them. <laughs> did, did you have that guy? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was... Everybody did. I was junior that guy in the fact that like wherever I, I was, I'd always find a way to exercise out of boredom. But I would never be like, I need to deadlift while wearing my pro mask type guy. That guy fucking sucks. Um why? What? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't like people it. do that? I, I've definitely seen people it, it's like the guy who goes to the gym wearing those stupid oh, oxygen, I definitely want to pass those out. O2 masks or whatever. Like they don't fucking do anything, you goddamn idiot. Oh, the elevation. Yeah, they mask. don't fucking do anything. That's not elevation. That's breathing through a straw. Congratulations. Yeah. Just go for a jog. You'll be out of breath eventually.
1: Uh, yeah, let me set this to ten thousand feet. <laughs> you
0: know, unless you're doing burpees on Kilimanjaro, just shut the fuck up.
1: <laughs> why the fuck are you deadlifting on Everest? <laughs>
0: So, yeah, he loved training a bit too much, um, unfortunately. Um, when they weren't training and were just, like, back in their barracks, which was in Largs, Scotland, um, he would occasionally do what he did while he was in Burma, and that is wake everybody up in the middle of the night with vigorous bagpiping. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, now, I've, I was in a commando. I have been to selection. If somebody woke me up with my two hours of fucking sleep that I get with bagpiping, I would stab them.
1: <laughs> I would fucking pop their bag immediately As soon as I saw him walk in with the bag I'm popping it I know what he's going to do I'm going to
0: waterboard him with his own bagpipes <laughs> Yeah Because um, from what I know It needs air to play Yes, and he can't play the bagpipes If he doesn't have lungs <laughs>
1: <laughs> So instead of popping the bags just popping yeah, I mean, What are, what are lungs <laughs> but
0: meaty bags after all um, It's true very but true. again, you know he's an officer, so nobody can tell him, like, hey, go play that shit somewhere else. Though, um, no, eventually, his commando training would be over, and they would be put to the test, finally. And the commandos are s-
1: I thought they would kick him out, like, hey, you're, like, too hardcore for this. Like, you need yeah, to go. We're gonna
0: set up your own commando unit. You're just gonna be alone, yeah. and you're going to lead the Norman invasion." <laughs> Solve that problem. You'll be on the boat by yourself. Sweet. <laughs> And the commando units would finally be put to the test, raiding the Norwegian island, uh, raiding a Norwegian island, in the most accurately named operation in history, Operation Archery. I don't think they did that on purpose either. Um,
1: Why archery? Like usually, there's like something. I don't know. I
0: mean, like back in the day, before you know, the military. I don't know. I I can't say turned I mean, bad because is, it's the military. It's definitely not one of the best names we've heard. No, but like... For operations. It was like normal names for operations which were like, you know, Overlord and things like that to like keep things secret. So like if someone like right. found Operation Archery, it doesn't tell me anything about this. They're going to attack us with Longbowmen, which I mean, they did. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, now it's like Operation Iraqi Freedom. I know exactly what that's about and it's bad. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean... Says it in the title. Yeah, names used to be so much cooler. Now it's Operation Enduring right. Freedom. Operation I don't know. Uh, Resolute Hope. Fucking lame. Give me this. Get. It sounds like Star Wars names. Resolute. Hope. Much like Star Wars, they never end. Um. So I like Star Wars. Yeah, that you know, fifty percent of the things we just compared that to are good, and it's not the worst. I'm not a Star Wars fan, but I will say I enjoyed them much more than the Global War on Terror. Um. Fair. That's a fair. (laughs) Probably killed fewer people. Now, uh, during the Operation British and Free Norwegian Commandos came ashore uh, and were probably as shocked as their Nazi defenders were in the middle of machine gun and artillery fire. Churchill stood in the middle of his landing craft, which he made sure was the first one uh, wearing a kilt. How the fuck did he make sure of that bagpipes in hand and began playing loudly the march of the Cameron Men. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh. Now this is a little weird. Uh. So we this isn't the first time we talked about bagpipes and beach landings. Uh. Way back in the day, maybe even before Nate was our producer. It was a long time ago. Uh, we talked about Bill Millen. Uh. The the D Day bagpiping mm. guy. Yeah. Uh, now. He played Highland Laddie as he ran ashore on now, D-Day. Do you remember the order that was given to him? Uh, I Yes. So there was an explicit order that military pipers were no longer allowed in the British military. And Lord Lovett told Bill Millen that that order did not apply to them because they were Scottish.
1: <laughs> um,
0: Keep playing. Yeah. Uh, now, Highland Laddie was the only song that Bill Millen knew, so he played it. Uh, And ironically enough, the unit that Bill Millen was a part of was the Cameron Highlanders. So, yeah.
1: um, That's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, so Churchill played his song that he did not know how to play. And Jack Churchill was not in the Cameron Highlanders. He's in the commandos. Though also, Bill Millen eventually became a commando. So I'm starting to think there's something to this bagpipe thing.
1: So... I'm still a confused on how he made sure his craft was the first one. Did he sabotage the other crafts? I, I wouldn't was, put it past them. He's like, like I, I start
0: 10 minutes before you or something. I don't know. Bump, bump Do you fucking boats. like undid their lines? <laughs> no, I definitely
1: will be first.
0: Now, as soon as the landing craft hit the shore, he ditched his bagpipes. I would really like to think he has them on like a special three-point bagpipe sling. Um, <laughs> and left... <laughs> On a two-point point <laughs> he just puts it on his chest. <laughs> He's a chest ring for his bagpipes. Um, he leapt ashore, pulled out his fucking sword, and sprinted off into what one person called, quote, into the thick smoke, uttering warlike cries. Uh I would have been confused looking at him like, what? Shortly thereafter, the town of Malloy fell quickly to the commandos. Uh th- their job was like silence shore batteries, so they couldn't threaten um the, the rest of the invading force uh, and the entire... It right. seemed like the, the entire point of Operation Archery was to force the Germans to station more soldiers in Norway and, you know, take resources from one area commit oh, them to Norway. Okay. Uh, and so they withdrew thereafter. Now, in celebration of this, prior to withdrawing, Churchill found a, wine, a bottle of wine in one of the homes that they had cleared and he opened it to share it with his men. And then Churchill nice. said that a British demolition expert, quote... Blew him up. <laughs> what? <laughs> you
1: think he was just looking at, ooh, a nice Pinot Noir. Oh! Uh,
0: now, what happened was, depending on what you read, as a demolitions expert was attempting to blow up a nearby wall to set up a firing position. Um, and, and this guy's looking through a wine cellar. And, and Churchill was too close. So when the bomb went off, it exploded the wine bottle and sent glass uh, pieces into his face. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one thing Jack Churchill does not need. It's a brain injury, guys. No,
1: I'm pretty sure he already had some from like Burma, his Burma days. Probably from
0: the water buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Now, for his actions. You think that got him
1: thinking straight? Like you just like,
0: what am I doing? What the fuck are these bagpipes? What is this bagpipe? Bagpipes? Why am you <laughs> wearing pants? Um, now, for his actions in Norway, Churchill was given another military cross. Uh, now, with the raid in Norway over, he found himself landing in Salerno, Italy in 1943. Ooh. The
1: commander. I'm imagining him. Oh, I'm imagining him sharpening his crosses and using him as weapons. Now. Throwing stars.
0: Yeah. yeah. He's, he's going full mall Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was the commander of number two commando because the British are really bad at naming units. Um,
1: <laughs> we already have number one. What's the next one? So that's when you got to do the SEAL ah, yes, Team yes, 6 yes, yes, thing. Yes, yes, yes.
0: You're just like, oh, that's Commando 6. So if anybody, everybody will think that you have five other teams. That's literally how <sighs> they got their name. Lame. Uh, I mean, it, it, at an intelligence level, it's so dumb, it's smart. But it's also kind of funny. But fun. at a fucking name
1: factor in my eyes, lame. Yeah, definitely. You can name it like... I'm a name guy. Churchill's
0: Dragons. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, their unit patch of. Churchill scrotum. The fucking unit patch would look like one of those spray painted vans uh, with, for like hair metal Ooh. bands, slam vans. <laughs> now, uh, Churchill.
1: I imagine like a, like a Chiodos fucking album cover.
0: That's exactly what it'd look like. Goddamn, Chiodos. Uh,
1: great band. I don't care whoever. I don't care. Really
0: wish the lead singer didn't turn into a, a really weird guy. Yeah. Should have known. He's from Detroit. Now, uh,. <laughs> Uh, Churchill led his uh men into a heavily contested beach landing and very confused fighting around the town of Marina. Uh, someone said that like a fact they landed near by uh, a unit of Army Rangers, and pretty much both of them are just used as regular infantry because of how chaotic the fighting was. Um, the commandos unit's mission was to destroy the Germans' ability to place artillery fire in the western half of the Bay of Salerno. And Churchill directed the final counterattack, which broke the last German attempt to destroy the commando beachhead. But Hmm. this is where things get wild because it's fucking Churchill. Now, at one point, he organized his men into six different columns, um, single file lines, and split them up. You know, a commando unit is not that many people. And he wanted to make them look like he had way more people than he actually did. So when night fell... Uh, they went to the town of uh, Pagalati. Pagalati. I don't fucking know. <laughs> you, can't <laughs> fucking Borat. See, you can't see it, but I'm doing the hand gesture. Um, yeah, I see Borat. Wow, wow, Ooh, wow. Wow, wow, you went to the town of Pegalati. Um, <laughs> my, my Borat is exactly the same as my fake Italian accent. Whatever. Um, I think they're both spot on. Yeah, uh, what you know, Greater Italy also covers Kazakhstan now. Now, uh, so it's nighttime. They have no night vision technology; doesn't exist yet, and they're trying to organize an attack on this town, which is you know garrisoned by Germans. And Churchill has to find a way to like we have to accidentally not shoot one another, right? Um, okay. So they friendly fire is a thing. Yeah, they they surrounded. Uh, uh, yeah, unfortunately for everybody, uh, uh, night vision goggles had not been invented yet, but friendly fire had been invented hundreds of years prior. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So he surrounded the town with these six columns of men, and then as they charged the town, they started screaming "Commando! Commando! That's commando! awesome! That's fucking awesome!" Barrel roll. Now, as, as dumb as this sounds, and it it is dumb, it worked. Imagine every time they do something cool like jump walk, commando, <laughs> fucking combat roll, commando. <laughs> it's like it's one of those it's so dumb it's like if it's this dumb and it works it's not really dumb Uh, because obviously if if, don't shoot at the screaming if you hear someone scream commando that's your that's your commandos don't shoot them but also the germans thought they were surrounded by significantly more than one unit of commandos Um, <laughs> it, it can conv- you know how confused i'd be if I heard. It just, from the <laughs> darkness, like commando, oh God, commando, oh shit, um, and it, like the the Germans were fucking confused as hell. and in the darkness, Churchill helped by a random corporal known only as Raphael, ambushed ten different German sentry positions, capturing them all at sword point. At one point, this group eventually grew to 42 different POWs who must have just been absolutely terrified by the sword-wielding maniac who appeared in their position in the middle of the night screaming commando in their faces. (laughs) I want to hear
1: those POW tapes.
0: Yes, 100%.
1: And all we heard was commando.
0: This insane shit got Churchill awarded the Distinguished Service Order. At the time, it was the second highest order the British military had to offer after the Victoria Cross.
1: And also his third ninja star to add to his That's belt. That's right.
0: They're only arming him with more weapons. Now, the way that Churchill explains this is, I don't know, I would say Churchillian, but everybody just compares that to Winston Churchill. I mean, I deeply hate Um so, absolutely so uh it, it it's the better kind of Churchillian. he says that all he had to do is walk into german positions and demand they surrender in broken german which they did he said quote i maintain that as long as you tell a german loudly and clearly enough what to do if you're senior to them they will cry Jawohl, and get on with it enthusiastically and efficiently whatever the situation that's why they make such good soldiers
1: i imagine it's just not broken german it's just like how like, stupid Americans try to talk to people who don't speak uh, English. Slowly and loudly.
0: Louder. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's all I imagine. Now,
0: I don't think it's that much as it is. He appeared in the middle of the night in their bunker oh. with a goddamn yeah. sword. I would surrender to. <laughs> like, if the Taliban snuck into my fighting position and brandished a claymore at me, I'm like, I guess I'm Bo Bergdahl now, buddy. <laughs> like, yeah, like, <laughs> fuck. I don't want to get stabbed. Yeah, I, I there's a lot of things I don't want to do. One of the top of them is get cut with a goddamn sword. Did you get mugged in Detroit? Yeah, but it wasn't with a sword. Could you imagine that? that? Be fucking honestly, you know, bias the side to my clothes. Yeah, like look, man, I respect the hustle that you're mugging me with a goddamn Scottish claymore here take my car. <laughs> uh, so after this Churchill took his show on the road where the commandos were sent to Yugoslavia to help legendary partisan uh, Joseph Broz Tito. uh, where they're, they're going on tour, yeah, the commando world tour, uh, where his partisan army was fighting the Nazi occupation forces. Now, once with the partisans, Churchill got to do what one thing that he always loved to do ambushes because he fucking loved them so much. He was like a pig and shit, no. man. He's like, I'm with people that all they do is fight irregular battles. This is my jam.
1: Well, my uh, my comparison with ambushes is really sad compared to a lot of people that probably listen to this. Like, I had sweet reenactor ambushes.
0: I will say I am not a fan of ambushes because I've only on the receiving end of them.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I, I during mine, I used to have to check if I had real ammo. Like, holy fuck, he dropped.
0: <laughs> now um, yeah the, he, he loved being a, a fucking partisan fighter uh, and you know the, the partisans were deeply thankful that the British sent them help and, and weapons mostly but they also had to be very very confused uh, by the bagpiping because uh, he, he brought his bagpipes Absolutely. like is that, a, is that a cat dying is that what's going on what is, is, is this supposed to make the Germans surrender um, he also brought his sword and bow with him as well Okay.
1: Now, like I said... Not a primary or a secondary, I'd pick still, to this day. He did
0: have a carbine. Uh, he had an M2 carbine at this point.
1: I don't think that was anywhere near his weapon I wheel think, that he Yeah, pick. I
0: think it, if we're talking RPG weapon wheel here, the carbine is solidly in inventory. Uh, it, Oh, it's in his yeah, backpack. It, it's, not on the, it's not on the quick swap button.
1: Absolutely. It's something where like, he was told, hey, you have to carry this. Yes. He's like, all right, but I'm not going to yeah, use it. It's a it. key
0: item that he never plans on using. Um, you mean you told me I have to clean this before I turn it in? <laughs> oh, shit. I'm not using this. Uh, so, yeah, he. You know, it's weird that this guy was just so much of what he was, which is like the traditional gentleman adventurer type military officer. Because those guys generally think guerrilla war is being like dishonorable or whatever. He fucking right. loved it. Uh, and at one point, he loaned out his commandos to the Royal Navy to turn them into nighttime hit squads. Yeah, uh so the Nazis held uh the Dalmatian Islands and uh like uh at, I guess they got reports from the civilians at one particular say Dalmation. Dalmatian Islands, yeah. Um 101 Dalmatian I imagine Islands.
1: The dogs. I just imagine dogs with bad hearing from the fire trucks. Yeah, so
0: uh the Nazis were in charge of the most depressing dog pound on earth. Um no like you know, these areas that you'd right, have to make that dark. you'd have a Nazi commander that's in charge of, you know, It's like like being the area commander. He's in charge of all these villages on this particular island. It's not a concentration camp. Uh, It's just like people live here. He's the area commander of it. He was being a dickhead. He's apparently treating civilians really bad. So members of the commandos snuck into his headquarters, dressed as civilians, and machine gunned him while riding a donkey cart. Which this is inglorious, bastard. This is a donkey based drive by shooting, and I would say it's the first technical, but Nestor Makhno beat them by a couple decades. <laughs> uh, finally, Churchill went too far though during a larger raid on the island of Brock. Uh, or Brack, I don't know, I don't, I don't speak Yugoslav, um, or Czech, it's probably Czech. I know a lot of people in the comment section would be mad about that. Sorry, guys. Um, they ran into some serious defenses. Three hilltops, dug with dug-in defenders, each supporting each other and protected by mines, wire, and artillery support. Not that that stopped him from attacking it. Obviously, it just meant that this is going right. to go badly. Attacking at night, Churchill led his uh, his joint group of commandos, Royal Marines, and partisan fighters against Point Six Two Two. He led them from the front, of course, playing his pipes while all of the others screamed "Commando." <laughs> Again, so they didn't accidentally <laughs> shoot one another. And it it worked. Like, again, this shit works because you don't expect it. People are terrified or confused. And they took the hill, overrunning the defenders. But the charge up the hill and the immediate fighting afterwards reduced the size of the attackers to a small group of only six commandos, two of whom were wounded. Uh, now, during the attack, most had burned through their ammo and have been down to pistols, while well, Churchill was down to, he said his last magazine this Carbine, but he had also fired out of that magazine as well. So, you know, a couple rounds there. Alright. The Germans counterattack, demands to drop a mortar round right in the middle of the defenders, wounding or killing everyone but Churchill.
1: Now, Churchill... Do you think he was calling out to them like, Commando?
0: <laughs> Commando! Just like shaking them. <laughs> <Yeah>. Commando! <laughs> 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 We just, we've just turned him into a brain-damaged Pokemon. <laughs> we're, so, we're so we're bad people. <laughs> uh, now Churchill realized that he was well and truly fucked. He was the last man standing, and he was out of ammo. So he put, he put down his weapon, just,
1: just, just where he'd like to be.
0: This is where I figure, like you know, it'd be the scene from Game of Thrones where he's like unsheathing his sword while a whole bunch of Germans charge oh. him or whatever. I still haven't seen it. You've made me watch the last episode, and that's about it. Save yourself the trouble. I didn't make you watch anything. You watched it at my house, because I was watching it as it came out. I had no options. (laughs) Um, Now, at this point, uh, Churchill realized, I'm fucked. He sets down his empty rifle, unslings his bagpipes from the aforementioned three-point bagpipe sling, (sighs) and starts playing. Uh, He played Will Mm. Ye No Come Back Again? Um, it's like the Titanic yeah exactly he's like yep eh, it's <laughs> been an honor gentlemen um, and at this point he was waiting for the Germans to just come and kill him uh, he what finally stopped him from playing was a German grenade blindly thrown over the defenses landing right next to him launching more shrapnel into his head
1: they were trying to stop that shit they're like oh god
0: stop the piping. and yeah he got more shrapnel in his fucking head
1: <laughs> just right next to the wine glass
0: <laughs> I keep my grenade right next to my wine glass, ratinal. Um It knocked him unconscious. And uh, when German soldiers to, uh, went into the position, they kicked him to see if he was still alive and it woke him up. Now, there's a reason why he assumed that he was fucking doomed. And that's because he was operating as an irregular commando. And Hitler had ordered all of these men to be murdered, uh, turned over to the Gestapo, where they would then be shot. Uh, I think it was called the commando order. It's kind of like what you'd expect. Why you see, you know, people carry like cyanide pills because they know, like, long story is short. At the end of the day, we're going to be executed. It's just going to be awful getting to that point. You might as well just kill yourself right. if you're captured.
1: Bring a toaster and a tub with you. Yeah,
0: whatever. It, that seems a lot harder and very situational. Um, now, uh, I'd pull it off. <laughs> haha, They didn't expect I'd lead them back to this bathroom. <laughs> um, Oh, oh, the water seems to be down. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't pay my bill this month. Now, uh, this is where... The, this order was not universally put into place. Um, a lot of the old school German officers, the, the Prussian types, so to speak, mm, yes. thought it was very dishonorable to execute captured soldiers. And now, this is not us diving into clean Wehrmacht theory. This happened very piecemeal. It's... Not a monolith here. Uh, There's one German captain named Thuner uh, was one of those types. He told Churchill, quote, you are a soldier as I am. Uh, When the Gestapo showed up to take them prisoner, uh, Thuner told Churchill, quote, I refuse to allow these civilian butchers that deal with you. I shall have nothing uh, having received this order. So he just pretended he didn't get the commando order. And it's Mm, kind of incredible when you think about it in the grand scheme of things the Nazis also hated their own cops. Like, how much of a bastard do you have to be for Nazi soldiers to be like, the Gestapo have gone too far? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I imagine he told them, like, suck my ass. Yeah. Like, I'm a Nazi, but I'm not Gestapo, you monsters. <laughs> uh, another more plausible reason as to why not to shoot him was, uh, remember what his name is, Jack Churchill. Right. When he was captured, the Germans thought he was related to Winston Churchill, the British prime minister. Right. So like, we can't kill this guy. He's worth something. Uh, and he you know, he wouldn't be the first relative of, of one of the heads of state to take part in this war. Like Stalin famously let his son mm-hmm. get captured and murdered by the Germans. Yes. Um, there's some evidence to suggest that he tried some rescue operation or whatever. But like, you know... Um, it happened. I, I believe more. I'm not going to say a head of state, but I know Roosevelt's son. Well, that would. I mean, was an officer. Uh, was it FDR's son or Teddy's son? Wasn't it Teddy's? I don't know. Uh, it probably wouldn't surprise me. That's for fucking sure. Um, I don't think Te- I don't think FDR had a son. But I think the polio kind of held him back. Yeah, it definitely puts a damper on things. Um But uh, he wasn't there. There was no relation between Jack and Winston Churchill. Um. Now there is no for sure evidence of this, uh, as in like no written document saying we believe this man is Winston Churchill's cousin or whatever. But when Churchill was packed up and sent to a POW camp, it was, um, you know, common thing as we both know that, um, you know, soldiers talk rumors spread. Mm. Uh, so by the time he got to the POW camp, everybody assumed he was Winston Churchill's family member. Uh, During one of the flights uh, towards a POW camp where he's packed into a plane, which wasn't common, Uh, POW planes were not common for the Germans. So that also leads evidence to believe they thought he was Winston Churchill's Uh, nephew or whatever or cousin or I don't know, third guy once removed of some kind. But uh, this is where Churchill proved that he was going to be a real bastard to keep as a POW. He managed to smuggle some matches and paper onto a plane and then set it on fire.
1: <laughs> I thought he was going to turn into like MacGruber. But it's kind of weird because like, and he somehow came up with like an AA gun inside the plane.
0: <laughs> like, how the fuck? What was he planning here? Like worst case scenario, this fire rages out of control. <sighs> and he crashes the goddamn plane. With you he's inside, like, commando! And jumps out, <laughs> tucks and rolls, screaming through the air. Commando! 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 Flap. Um, commando. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then when he got caught, uh, because it was obvious it was in front of him, he's like, "Oh, I was just having a smoke <laughs> and reading the newspaper."
1: <laughs> this raging fire next to him. Yeah, that's my. That's just my lighter.
0: <laughs> this caused an emergency landing. Uh, And uh, he was eventually thrown in solitary confinement in the Sachsenhausen concentration camp, which sounds awful. Now, once he was released from solitary confinement for being a shithead, uh, there was more evidence to believe that they thought that he was Winston Churchill's family. He was tossed into special camp A, which was a POW camp designated for very important POWs, which he was not. (laughs) He was just a commando that should have been executed. Jesus. But the camp... The luck on this guy. Right. The camp did not hold him very long. He and an RAF officer tunneled out in 1944, and... It's not surprising. surprising. No, of course. And actually, the RAF officer was one of the guys who took part in the Great Escape. Really? (laughs) Yes. What? Yeah, Uh, yeah, he was one of the few guys who didn't get shot for it.
1: Do you think the RAF guys keep telling Churchill, like, hey, shut up. Every time you shovel, you just say commando. (laughs)
0: Every time every time you, commando, commando under his breath, <laughs> I'm going to say it. When he leaves, I'm going to say it again. Um, <laughs> yeah. And for a couple of days, the two wandered through the woods at night, stealing vegetables and jumping on freight trains in order to put some distance between them and the camp. But uh, unfortunately, they strayed too far to the city uh, or too close to the city of Rostock, or Rostock, 125 miles away from the camp and got caught. It's a good run. Yeah. At this point, he was shipped off to a different camp. This one in Austria where he was one. That sounds awful. It was a, v, it was a VIP camp again because like, oh, Winston Churchill's oh, okay. family's being a naughty boy. got to throw him in the... Do you think he was playing along with it? Like, yeah. I think he was smart enough to not point out the fact that they were wrong, which is just as smart as he has. Aren't you Winston Churchill's cousin? Yeah, sure, buddy. Whatever you say. Yeah, aren't you this guy? Commando. <laughs> <laughs> commando, commando, commando. Um. Yeah. The, the 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 hand grenade fragments really scrambled him there at the end. <laughs> he's pre- he's speaking a broken lost language. Um. He only speaks in bagpipe whistles and commando. And yeah, TBI. <laughs> Same. I mean, that's why I play bagpipes now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or like. Narrators note: He does MMA not play fighter. bagpipes. Um. Now he was sent to Austria uh, to a VIP camp where he and 139 other prominent POWs and other persons uh, were part of a mass transfer uh, of POWs in the final weeks of the war that was personally ordered name by name by Adolf Hitler. Oh, now VIP. Yeah, like, so he, everybody in Germany thought this guy was fucking Winston Churchill's family everyone because like there's no reason that Adolf Hitler would name him amongst all of these other people like some of these other people are like field marshals um yeah like uh, uh the people from the uh, the plot to kill Hitler's family shit like that like right very important people these as bargaining chips and then there's just one random fucking lieutenant colonel <laughs> like <"Commando." laughs> Could you imagine, like,
1: the hole he's digging for himself?
0: At one point, he's going to have to prove he's Churchill's family, so he's just going (laughs) to drink an entire bottle of gin and murder a nearby Indian person. Now, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Something that Winston Churchill enjoyed doing. Now, uh, this is in the final weeks of the war. Shit has hit the fan. And what it comes down to is it seems like Germany really thought they'd be able to use these people as bargaining chips. Like, for negotiations and concessions despite the fact that at this point unconditional surrender is the only surrender that the allies would have accepted um a lot of these guys like i said were called sippenhoft or prisoners of collective guilt so like if your dad was a german general that pissed off hitler and got thrown in prison you'd also get thrown mm. in prison because nazi reasons
1: i think he'd look at my dad and go hmm you're brown <laughs>
0: You're certainly a few shades darker than what we uh, were used <laughs> yeah. to, but uh, what did you say your last name was? Uh, Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit, we family. Uh, whatever you say, buddy. Um, now, like I said, like, now the, these, these, these POWs were marched off into Austria, and they were escorted by none other than the SS Death's Head Unit. Which is not a good sign. Like, if if I was... Not at all. If I was to be confident in my ability to survive something, like, huh, these guys are wearing skulls and crossbones on their uniform, huh? What's what's your unit called? Oh, the Totenshof band. That's not good. (laughs) Hmm. I don't know German,
1: but the the symbols don't look good. Yeah,
0: it's like that skit where they're like, you think we might be the bad guys? I mean, we had skulls on our hats. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And they also had uh, like these guys were were to execute all of these people if any of this shit was to go sideways, but things didn't go sideways. They just kind of stopped because it's Churchill. Well, Churchill didn't have a lot. This guy has great luck. He he does. He's he's tripping over his own dick into surviving the end of the war.
1: Like I would have died back at Burma. uh,
0: Yeah, I definitely would have died of like diphtheria or some shit. I
1: would have
0: contracted some tropical disease and died. I also would have been murdered by the water buffalo. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Trying to make a friend out of it.
0: Now, at this point in the war, remember, the Battle of Berlin is going on. It's in its final stages. So all communications from the government have stopped. Uh, So, you know, the communications between the SS POW guards and Berlin stopped. So they didn't get orders of what exactly what the fuck to do next. So they they stopped at the Austrian town of Niedorf or Niedorf. I don't know. Uh where one of the guards got very, very drunk and Jack nice. Churchill picked his pocket, because of course he did. <laughs> this is also something he's apparently good at. Um while well, he's picking the pocket. commando. <laughs> uh whatever the commando word for uh, whatever the German <laughs> word for commando is so he could blend in. Yikes, <laughs> yeah. commando. Um, the he this revealed order is that uh that the SS guards had been given explicit orders to execute every military officer, which meant him, but also a guy named boguslaw von Bonin, um who had been thrown in prison for disobeying Hitler, and had, you know, he was a general, so like he had a lot of people who had pole and whatever in the dying government of the Nazis. So he decided to call in a favor for the commando of the Balzano headquarters in uh in Italy, which was not very far away, Boning told his friend what was going on, and the guards were going to kill him. And his friend sent uh, soldiers from the Wehrmacht uh, north into Austria, and I believe it's North and South Tyrol regions. Oh, not important, but to secure and defend these POWs from the SS. Uh, now, I need to. We've talked about this in a future episode. When you were go- or a previous episode while you were gone in Castle Eider, but. This is the end of the
1: war. I'm really sad that I missed yeah, I'm that. I'm sad one. you
0: missed a lot. Um, at, this is the end of the war. Everybody knows what's happening. Everybody knows they're fucked. And everybody's simply trying to protect their own asses. So there was a lot of fracturing between the SS and the Wehrmacht. As you would see later on, as the Wehrmacht officers, like in a clean Wehrmacht episode, blame the SS for every bad thing that ever happened. So like, solid. Yeah. so like they're attempting to save their own ass. And there's a very good everybody knows how important these prisoners are, not only within Germany, but without Germany, like, you know, you have Winston Churchill's cousin there. Right. Supposedly. Right. So everybody wants to get on the good graces of somebody. Uh, and that's why he deploys Wehrmacht forces north to secure and defend these POWs. It's not out of the goodness of his heart, though, admittedly, he probably doesn't want his friend to be executed, but, you know, also if the war was going in any other direction, he probably wouldn't care that his friend was getting executed, because if he cared, he's next, you know? It was a very important time Mm. to be on somebody's good side. Uh, The SS and regular soldiers had something of a standoff. Um, I don't want to call it a Mexican standoff because they're Nazis. Uh, A Nazi standoff? I don't know. Uh, Before the SS was finally ordered to stand down, releasing the prisoners right then and there. Though many stood around and waited uh, because the Wehrmacht did promise to protect them. Uh, And they had a legitimate worry that at this point, there's Gestapo and SS guys wandering through Austria executing people they think are defeatists, executing people they think are deserters, definitely executing POWs. So like, I'm going to stay with these Nazis to protect me from my other hey, Nazis. Can you imagine going off the I think idea? What do you
1: mean? That sucks. <laughs> um, hey, I think this of you. Fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, you get caught just getting milk from the store. Like, you look like a deserter. Uh...
1: Uh, <laughs> like, how do you respond to I, that? I, I, I think this... I had a
0: draft deferment because um, I just I don't know what's a good one. Uh, conscientious objector? Oh no, that would definitely get you killed. <laughs> uh, commando. <laughs> there's there's no good way to escape the SS death squads. It turns out. Not Churchill though. He didn't feel like sitting around and waiting for, with the Wehrmacht, so uh, he turned and started walking south into Italy, covering oh ninety-three miles over the course of eight days, uh with a sprained God. ankle, uh, apparently. Sprained ankles do suck. Uh he uh ran into an American armored unit outside the city of Verona and uh Churchill was all by himself and hadn't shaved or cut his hair or really bathed in a, quite a long time. So he had a the way he liked it. He had a really, really hard time trying to like convince these Random Americans, they like, no, 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 the screaming insane person that came out of the woods. I'm a Lieutenant Colonel in the British Army. Commando, 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 commando. You have to go find a Ranger that speaks fluent Commando or something.
1: Yeah, that's definitely not an army unit. Yeah.
0: When he finally got a chance uh, to get briefed on the goings on of the war in Europe, because you know he didn't really know everything that was going on. Could you imagine
1: fucking Loder kasabian trying to talk to this guy?
0: Yeah, sure, buddy. I'm sure you're a colonel. Uh, what What? unit did you see you're in? Commando! 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 <laughs> Whatever, dude. Ah, uh, yes, he speaks TBI. Perfect. Just, just stay the fuck away from me. You smell like shit. Actually, I, I'd be a tanker in World War II. I would also smell like shit. We'd bond over it. Yeah. Now, uh, when he finally learned what was going on in Europe, he got really bummed out. He had missed out on years of war, which, remember, he really enjoyed. Um, he then told his friends, "There are still blank, aren't there? Now, the word I censored there is a racial slur for Japanese people that starts with the letter N. I'll let you, fi- oh, I'll let you fill okay. in the blank. Uh, I got gotcha. you on your own in your mind. If you say it out loud, you're canceled. <laughs> um, but
1: so he's trying to go to the Pacific. Now. Yes,
0: uh, he uh, was an old timey racist, but also he really wanted to get down on some war against the Japanese." Churchill, recovered this time uh, from his you know, various injuries to his head and also his sprained ankle, uh, was... Are they really recovered, though? Uh, visibly.
1: Maybe the ankle, yes. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: He does have some scars on his head for the day he dies. And also, his brain is, looks like an NFL linebackers <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. uh, he was sent back to Burma to take part in what was becoming the biggest fight against what was left of the Imperial Japanese military. But by the time he got there, the U.S. dropped the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and the war was over. Oh, he was He pissed. was fucking mad. Um, he remarked to a friend, quote, if it hasn't been for those goddamn yanks, we could have kept the war going for another 10 years. <laughs> he would have loved the g Oh, man, he would have been, been all about the global war on terror. He doesn't even care why. Absolutely. Just because it doesn't end. But now in his 40s and the war gone... It seemed like his time killing strangers across the globe in the name of adventure was over, but it wasn't. At age 40, he qualified as a paratrooper and was sent to the Palestinian Mandate, which was rapidly turning into a violent mess as the international community fucks over the Palestinian population and everybody starts killing one another.
1: I know airborne guys' knees and back suck now. I can't imagine airborne guys back
0: then. You know, as his knees and cartilage explode and ACL's rupture in every direction, he's up probably like,
1: Yes! <laughs>
0: <laughs> this
1: is awesome. <laughs> I live for this.
0: During his time at the Palestinian Mandate, he kept doing what he normally did. Incredibly irresponsible but heroic shit. <laughs> One day, a Jewish medical convoy was ambushed near where he was stationed. As he had just walked off a parade field, he was unarmed and wearing a dress uniform, which consisted of a kilt, a bonnet, knee-high red and white socks, and white spats. He grabbed some soldiers nearby who did have rifles and jumped into a barely armored car uh, running directly into the ambush zone into oncoming fire, where he got out of the car armed only with a walking stick calmly trod over to the kill zone oh. to make contact with the trapped medical convoy. He offered to guide them out of the ambush but was refused. Uh he told them that like I can take you little by little out of here. I only have this like these two cars or whatever. It was it a Toyota Hilux or something? <laughs> you know, it would be if it if it was a Toyota Hilux, he could have saved everybody. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Toyotathon. Um <laughs> But like, and the people in the medical convoy were also kind of mad that he wasn't like actively attempting to assault through the ambush. But you know, he pointed that he only had twelve men, very few guns, and there is hundreds of uh of of Palestinian fighters shooting at them. So he's like, like I'm trying to save your life. Um, the people in the convoy refused, assuming that the Haganah or the Jewish Defense Force would come and save them. They didn't. 77 of the 79 people inside the convoy were murdered in what had become known as the Hasada Medical Convoy Massacre. Oh, God. Uh, now, there's some argument whether this was a military convoy or not. And there were some armed Haganah fighters inside the convoy. But the vast majority of people were unarmed medical staff. So I think we can all agree that's bad. Jesus. In another turn of events, where that convoy came from, he went back to the ho- to a hospital on top of Mount Scopus and helped evacuate 700 people, mostly hospital staff and patients from the university and hospital. Again, while wearing a bright kilt and armed with a stick, he never fired a single shot while in the Palestinian mandate and saved over a thousand people. Wow. <laughs> while he may have been a, a crazy shrieking sword-wielding maniac during war, None of that seemed to follow him during his peacetime life. He went to Australia, taught land air warfare, which I guess we would just consider, I don't know, SAS school now. And he learned how to surf Ooh, with Australians. Ooh. Yeah. He, he, learned how to surf and eventually make his own surfboards. Uh, and again, became in Point way break. too good at it. Uh, he went back to the UK and became the first person to serve the tidal bore of the Severn river. Uh, Hmm? It's weird. I didn't know you could surf on a river, but apparently this tidal bore uh, creates waves that are like s- fucking six feet tall.
1: Yeah, I come from where there's ocean, so I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I assumed to surf you had to be
0: I don't know where I am.
1: So, yeah, but doesn't Michigan like have some pretty good surfing? The- oh, no. <laughs> no?
0: <laughs> not that I've ever heard of. Uh, you know, like Lake Superior has massive waves, but they're like waves that swallow barges. I would not want to surf them. Also, the water is deathly cold. Hmm. But yeah, apparently the tidal board of the Severn River is, is crazy huge. And he was the first person to ever surf it on a handmade surfboard that he made himself.
1: Was it like a fucking door?
0: <laughs> I made this myself. I took the doorknob out and yeah, filled it full I of just resin. just this door down. Just <laughs> surfing and, and stretched out bagpipes. Fucking
1: Rosen Jack's door from Titanic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Though he was still a weird dude. Uh, When he rode the the train home, uh, he would open his window and chuck his briefcase out without saying anything to anyone. (laughs) Um, The reason for this is because he had learned that uh, the train passed right by his house. And if he timed it just right, he could huck his briefcase onto his back lawn.
1: Could you imagine a random guy walking by? Just
0: takes a briefcase to the dome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's like some real fucking TV <laughs> that train whipping by you so commando <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: oh I think that's your- <laughs> uh,
0: and you know someone asked him why the fuck he did that and he said he didn't feel like carrying it all the way home from the train station <laughs> <laughs> which I makes that's me like wonder the what excuse. the fuck he was carrying his briefcase that made it just so heavy
1: fucking concealed carry claymore yeah it just folds out like a baton <laughs>
0: Now he uh, he was in the army all the way up until 1959, uh, but had enough Jesus. of this. Yeah, he, was he in Korea? No, uh, he had. Oh, a, I thought he'd want to go to that. He was over it. Um, it seemed like his time in the Palestinian mandate really made him see like how bad war was, or at least his active part, like in wanton violence. Uh, because after his his turn in in Palestine, he voluntarily worked a desk job to finish out his career and retire. He absolutely could have gone to Korea if he wanted to. And admittedly, by then, he was fucking like 60 years old.
1: Just every time he was typing and he finished a fucking like memo,
0: commando. (laughs) He signs it, commando. Colonel Churchill, that is not your... And like also, uh, the the British military deeply respected him, but at the same time didn't want people to take him as like an example because he never got promoted again. Oh, geez. He he stayed colonel forever. That is awesome. Now, he lived his life uh, quietly uh, making uh, remote control warships, which were on brand, incredibly high quality and in high demand from other people who are into this weird hobby. Uh, But he stayed at home quietly with his wife, who he married uh, back when he had first got out of the military and died in 1996 at the age of 89. How do you keep up with this guy? Uh, You don't. Sometimes, like, a man is born that is just so much embodies what exactly he is that it can never be outdone. You know what I mean? Like...
1: Yeah. Like, I I consider, like, what we did all the time as friendship was fucking awesome. We did bars, gym. That's pretty much it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and this guy is... If
1: you ever did, like, hey, let's go fucking parkour my neighbor's roof. (laughs) I'm bailing on you you, uh
0: want to go scream commando and do front flips off our neighbor's roof no i'm good yeah um so nick we have a a segment on the show called questions from the legion and we will make this one quick as this episode has grown long if you'd like to ask us a question from the legion you can donate a dollar or more to the show slide into our dms our discord or email or Patreon and ask us a question. Or... If you send Joe a pigeon
1: a, with a letter on it. You
0: load it into a bagpipe and fire it out one of the other pipes in my general... Towards the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> yeah. I'll get it. Um, now, this week's question from the Legion actually builds off last week's question from the Legion. Last week, we were talking about, of all of the people we've ever talked about, who would you want to be your squad uh, yes. leader? This one is, what yes, fictional yes, yes, yes. character would you want to be your squad leader? Fuck. I'm saying Goku. <laughs> what i'm going I with motherfucking we talked about no, are, first these of are all. fictional characters they can be fucking anybody i'm going with goku
1: <sighs>
0: well i'm gonna go ahead and
1: keep up with star wars i have to pick captain rex
0: why captain rex i'm unfamiliar with him he's a great clone commander are you serious i'm like i said i'm not a star wars guy so i don't know is, is this uh a, a, does, does he work with captain kirk <laughs> oh fuck i did it on purpose i know the difference
1: um no, he worked with uh jedis closely
0: see i know i want goku to be my leader because obviously he's he's killed god or whatever do you think he'd push you in the gym really hard you know he would he'd have like uh, a time chamber for the whole squad to work out in we'd all eat together and if you die he'll find a way to bring you back to life
1: oh he does have that good feast going on oh, yeah. after the gym and like if you if yeah, you yeah I'm still going with Captain Rex. If you
0: get shot in the face or whatever, you know Staff Sergeant Goku is gonna go find the Dragon Balls and bring you back to life. You're only dead temporarily. Mm-hmm. You might die a lot, especially if you. You also got those lima beans that he's yeah, got. Yeah, yeah. Like after you ruck march thirty fucking miles to eat a sensu bean, you're good to go, baby. Yeah, no, I gotta go with Captain he Rex. He might be able to teach me how to fly. No, I don't. Um. If Krillin can learn, I can learn. Fuck that little guy. All right.
2: <laughs> that, bald
0: fuck. that little bald bitch Who just dies constantly <laughs> Aren't you going bald Yes <laughs> And I would like to think One day I'm gonna wake up And I'm just gonna have A full head of hair again But you know what Nick the hair never came The hair isn't coming
1: Maybe the sensu beans Will bring See?
0: Yeah Goku would find a way He'd bring me back to life There's still two more wishes Right For the dragon balls So like Maybe spot me A head of hair bro Look at all the hair you got Spot me some of the hair um,
1: when you go Super Saiyan, there's just a piece missing. because <laughs> <laughs> you <know, laughs> you're bald. Spots. I was
0: always deeply curious, and I'm sure there's some kind of media that shows me what would happen. Because, like, all the way back, I'm being old now. This, the Saiyan saga of Dragon Ball Z has Nappa, who is bald. What happens when he goes Super Saiyan? Does his eyebrows just turn blonde? The mm, that's interesting. world will yeah. never know. Akira Toriyama, answer my questions. Um, if you can. So, Nick, again, thank you uh, for being on the Solidly Dudes Rock episode of Lions Led by Donkeys. And this means the next episode will be depressing because this one has been too fun.
1: I I felt that. (laughs) I felt the presence
0: coming on that one. And everybody else, thank you again uh, for supporting the show. And until next time, commando. Yes. (laughs)